everybody, it's Robert Gowan sitting here at Mentors for Military, and I'm joined by my co-host. How you doing, it's Kyle. And we're also joined back by Sean Jarvis. Thanks, back. Uh, thanks yeah, for coming back, I appreciate back, you Sean. having me back. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So we want to talk about something that's really going on right now, and that's the Army's considering changing their physical training test. Now, this is something that's happened through the years, and we're going to get a little bit into the backstory and maybe what we experienced and stuff like that, but um, maybe we should first run down through what is the Army's current physical fitness test, and we had a, a fitness test, then a combat fitness test, mm -hmm. and so what are the standards that's going on right now, and why do we think that they need to change it, or why do they think they need to change it? I'm going to let him go first because he was the first one to get out. Uh, yeah. As far as between the two of us. So my thing is how does a PT test test someone's ability to shoot, move, and communicate? Because that's the point of being a soldier, especially in the Army. Everyone's job is to shoot, move, and communicate and then do whatever they signed up to do after that. Um, I was of the ilk that it needed to be more combat-focused. Um so back when I was in, it was just the APFT was two minutes push-ups, two minutes sit-ups, two-mile run. Should be the easiest Should PT the you do easiest, all week. Easiest day of PT. Yeah. Um, Supposedly. There is a level of, I would say, anxiety there. Yeah, it's uh, a test. Especially when you get into, well, we've seen senior leaders fall because of PT standards. Um, so there is, it, it is the easiest day as long as it's not test day. Um, yeah. I have a whole different relationship with Army PT because I thought it was, you know, maybe not what it should have been. We we were always billed as you guys are professional athletes and you need to treat your body like professional athletes. Yep. Oh, by the way, you guys have to be tested on push-ups, sit-ups, and running. That has nothing to do with your job. Yep. So my relationship with the PT test and how it assessed soldiers uh, is somewhat skewed, but... As far as what they're doing now, I know there is a combat fitness test. Was that there when you right before you got out? Yeah, they, they um, it was in the the implementation stage yeah. to where you know for NCOS or you know, your your education system for mm -hmm. non commissioned officers, um, they were still using the three event PT test in order to create the uh, the, the OML the order of merit list for people for you know, commandant's list and iron soldier and all that type of stuff. And, uh, but the units were afforded the opportunity to take the new army combat fitness test. And, you know, there's been a couple of, of evolutions to it. I believe the first one was like the, the, the leg tuck. Right. But now it's gone to the plank and that's what I was going to bring mm -hmm. up. But when we pulled up the current testing right yeah. now, yeah. yeah. Cause I believe it's off of a, is it off of a 600 point model? I think it's 100 points per event, per event six yeah. events. Uh, first one is your three repetition max deadlift. Then you have the standing power throw. That's mm -hmm. the one where you see them throwing it backwards. Throws the medicine ball. Um, hand release. Oh, remind. Stick to that that release thing so we can talk about keeping it tight with Bravo yeah, Chief. That's right. Um, hand release push ups, uh, arm extension. So those are actually those are pretty hard. Uh, sprint drag carry. Sprint drag carry. The plank, which is what took place of the, the leg the, tuck and twist, yeah, yeah, and then the uh, the the infamous two mile run. So that's the standard now, and that's kind of where we wanted to create the foundation for this conversation is understanding what it is now, yep, 
maybe have a couple of thoughts about it. Yeah, I, I just want to um, say that when that when I heard that they were changing it from just a standard push-up setups um, and two-mile run to something a little bit more broader, um, I thought that they were doing much of what they did historically and that they were aligning it to, hey, um, our force is changing, the demographic makeup, whatever the case may be. People were like, you know, we talked about um, offline and we'll get into it. Um, when they introduced uh, the weight standards, which changed once again mm-hmm. how we conducted PT. But I thought, okay, yeah, we're, we've taken into consideration all of the challenges that we had in combat. We've applied that. Like CQB and everything else, we learned you know, that we needed to evolve our standards in the way in which we train our soldiers. So I was totally cool with that. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Um, the challenge is, is that they can't seem to nail the thing down, right? They keep, they keep moving the targets, and it's because – People can't achieve them when they start rolling it out to the broader army. So Mm -hmm. let's make an adjustment. Um, Maybe that's not so bad either. But to do away with it all, I don't think is a smart way of doing it uh, and going back to the simplest form. Because um, I feel like, you know, what we should do, and I know we're going to talk about if we had our way, but it should be more aligned to the combat stress that we're going to experience and what we need to have physically um, you know, mentally and physically, but physically we need to be aligned to whatever we're, we're going to experience in combat. Yeah. So, I mean, the conversation has been out there where, you know, the, the combat, um, MOS is military occupational specialties are doing a certain combat physical readiness test. And it's not necessarily going to place you on an order of merit list for schooling. It's not going to help out with promotions. It's purely there to test your ability to, um, function physically in a simulated combat environment. And so you create this rubric, you create the activity, and then commanders and senior NCOs can kind of, uh, you know, take take the temperature of their soldiers on whether or not they're ready to a certain level. Um, and, then, and then you just have a regular physical fitness test to make sure that across the board everybody is physically fit. Even with the new standards now, and I think the new directive just came out, I was reading that anybody who scores a 540 or above is exempt from having to do the height and weight standards. So I believe that was, what, 600-9 yeah. back in the day. So, you know, there's been an evolution with that, too, and there's always been a complaint. Um, as, as, as we grow older and we learn more things scientifically and we learn more about the body and physiology and um, we learn that, you know, maybe – taping your neck and taping your abdomen three separate times by somebody that's really not certified to be taping your neck or abdomen three times shouldn't be the uh, deciding factor of your career or not, a chapter packet. Oh, right? Not to mention people began to figure that whole process out. If I grow my neck and start yeah. doing neck exercises, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how big my belly gets because I can offset it yeah. with the neck. Well, you to know, some degree, at least. You know, yeah. yeah, and... and I, I, it's tough because you'll have, I mean, you've got some standard bearers out there that have always been lean, have, have had the, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the discipline to stay lean and to do the right thing. And then you just have some people whose body shape just doesn't hold well to the, the 600-9 of old. So um, you would always struggle. I mean, I had some muscular people that were on the line or taped, yeah. taped over like bodybuilder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you, they take their shirt off and it's just kind of like, okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're doing more push-ups than everybody yeah. 
And um, they're like, how many push-ups do you do? And they're like, all of them. You know, that's yeah. that's the type of folks there were. So I'm glad that that's kind of changed a little bit. But I, just to evolve, I think it's good for the Army now to take it to a level to where you need certain types of equipment and basically a, a field and a layout kind of defeats the purpose of being able to test somebody physically um, in an austere environment, right? There's no way that if you're trying to test your folks out in a base camp in Afghanistan that doesn't have those type of resources that you're going to be able to knock one of those things out. I mean, yeah. even with a three-event PT test. Yeah. The push-ups and sit-ups, yeah. but well, how many- That gets into another thing. Why are we giving dudes PT tests in Afghanistan? What? And, and, <laughs> like- and, I, and, I, and I get it, but you know, I, I did an APFT. Yeah, I understand, but that was, yeah. that was 100% someone's OER bullet. Yeah, well, I, because we have to maintain the standards. Yeah, okay. That's why. All the time. I mean, as a yeah. sergeant major, I ran <laughs> a very slow two miles. In Afghanistan, if somebody needs something to do in Afghanistan, they need to fill sandbags. They yeah. don't need. Oh, we did that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, like, yeah, we we fill sandbags to eat chow. Yeah, yeah. The audience knows about that. Well, but so let's go back then to the very beginning because we started studying this a little bit more and chatting offline about um, how the army did start evolving their physical fitness tests. And of course, it goes way back. I mean, to the 1800s and yeah. the whole bit. Um, but I mean, they were constantly searching for that right fit and they were doing some crazy stuff back in the day. Um, but then all of a sudden they, they started trying to find ways that's going to mimic what an individual does in combat. So let's now take it. You mentioned like when you came in, it was just the three event PT test. When I came in the army and I'm the oldest one, I think here, I hate to say that, but when I came in the army, the standards before the be all you can be army was the Vietnam standards. And uh, that actually, I take that back, it was post-Vietnam, but 75 to 80 uh, time period where they modified the PT test, even from Vietnam, slightly. Uh, but the events that I re- that I recall were the push-up setups and two-mile run. That was always there. But then they added to that a run, dodge, and jump. So you had to weave your way through, a, you know, jump over a ditch, weave your way through some obstacles, and then you had to come back. Now... Here was the funny thing about that whole thing is that you had to remember that you do, let's say, right first and then left back. And if you got it wrong, it was an automatic failure. And so if you failed any one event, you failed the PT test, that's right? That's a cognitive test yeah. there. Yeah, that's... So, um, and then there was the uh, monkey bars, mm-hmm. and I believe there was pull-ups as well. So there were a number of different events, and they were one right after the other to test uh, stamina. And then, of course, to to think about, you know, running and dodging and, you know, all those types of things. It made sense a little bit, you know, agility and those types of things. And, uh, and then... That was what I went through in OSIT. I graduated OSIT in September. One month later, the Army changed the program. I arrive at my first unit, and you know we're now doing PT as a three-stage event. But that wasn't really until a year later because I had just taken the APFT or the fitness test at that time frame. Back in those days, though, we weren't soft. We ran in combat boots. Yeah. <laughs> That's when everybody wore jump boots. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We actually in OSET, I remember us going through there and uh, we would show up in for, uh, formation with our uniform on and then they would tell us to unblouse and we came out of attention, unblouse and we had to fold our shirt in a particular way, lay it folded on the ground in front of us, take off our hat and put it on it. And then when everybody was good, and of course they had rushes because you only had a few minutes, you do a right face, there was no warm-up. 
It was, we started marching, and the next Holy thing you know, you heard a, dr- a drill sergeant yell, double time, and there we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there became the introduction of bad knees. Yeah. The, amen. The VA claim origin story right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I, yeah. That's. Wow, there's so many ways to go with this. Let me, <laughs> look, I, I, I understand that you're never going to get the perfect test. You just you just won't. We're we're trying to you're trying to simplify something for, you know, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand people. And you're trying to, you know, gauge physical fitness with one singular test for, mm-hmm. you know, five hundred thousand people. I, I get it. The as we progress as a society and we start to learn about, you know, body shapes and sizes and physical endurance and, and capabilities, everybody has their own threshold. To try to generalize, you know, males, females, and we can't even do that now. Um, it's really hard because everybody functions differently. You can kind of go, okay, yeah, that's, you know, that body style is one way, but uh, Kyle, you're tall. Yeah. Yeah. PT sucked for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, very, I, very I, so. I had a little guy that was from Guam, and uh, when we were out in uh, Usarek, when I served time in Usarek, and the guy had like little short legs and a short torso and stuff to, uh, to boot. So when he ended up doing, he was a killer when it came to the push-ups and sit-ups. But then when he had to run, yeah. his thighs were humongous thighs, like mm-hmm. a bodybuilder. But when it came to uh, run, he had just used all of his abdomen and to his thighs to help his abdomen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, he couldn't make the two-mile run. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. You, you take functional fitness competitions and um, hashtag CrossFit, right? And you look at most of the premier athletes, and their their average height, they're like five eight, five nine. Mm-hmm. The taller guys, I mean, they stick stick with it, but they're just not it. And you put them through any sort of running, and but here's the key: they train for that every every day. day. Yep. They eat like that every day. We can't do that with our folks. You can so. do it in a training environment, but you're absolutely right. Once you leave that training environment, you don't monitor that person's diet no. away that was from there. One of the it's hardest things one of the hardest things I yeah. had to learn as an NCO is when them guys go home, yes, care. you're still your they're they're still your soldier, but you they're not under your direct control anymore. No. So hey, private snuffy, don't eat fatty cakes when you go home. You're borderline you're going to get chaptered out of the army. Stop doing it. And they just but they stop by the shop at because they have to get gas. Yep. And when you walk in there, the first thing there are honey buns. I mean, guilty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tornados. I mean, we we talked about that, right? The 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 contradiction of live a certain way, be an athlete, be an athlete, follow the rules, rules and regulations, and then here's all these temptations, and and you have free will. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. Hey, I I know I'm government property. I'm a GI. I'm government issue, but. But I want to have my own say. I yeah. want to be my own person. I want to be an individual. Okay. Well, here's Burger King. There's Popeyes. There's Taco Bell. Don't get fat. So I think we just Good got luck. to the bottom of something. The easiest way to be an individual in the army is by the way you eat. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else is regulated for you. Yeah. It's really the only thing you have control over. I, I'll tell you, like the ones that I saw that did the best were the ones I think they had the most to lose. Um, the the major proctors of the world that you know had a regimented diet mm-hmm. and, and and but he took it seriously meal planning. Yes. but here's the key to, to him and i use him as an example because he's another standard bearer because it wasn't just professionalism and leadership but he 
he lived the way he preached and he didn't, he was a man of few words mm -hmm. because he was just, everything he did is what you wanted to emulate, right? Yeah. The guy took office. This is a funny story. And as I promise this won't go down a rabbit hole. The first time I met him, Captain Humphreys brought me into the office. He's like, Hey, this is going to be your new commander. When I leave, this is Jonathan Proctor. And my thought when I first saw him and don't judge me now, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm not in spectacular shape, but back then I was, I was pretty sexy. Right. <laughs> and I'm looking at, at Captain Proctor. I'm like, man, he looks a little slovenly. I mean, that's as shallow as we can get. And that singular comment is how we lived in the military. Mm -hmm. As you see somebody, what kind of bolo badges does he have on? Do they have a combat patch? Look at his haircut. His hands are in his pockets. He looks fat in his uniform. Those are the first things that you think about whenever you see somebody. So I'm thinking I'm getting a fat commander. And the first time he took his top off, when we were doing PT, he took his blouse off. And this guy is built. He's, he was a professional bodybuilder going into CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting. You couldn't touch the dude. He's single digit body fat content. Yeah. But he, he looked slovenly in my mind. It was just because his chest was so big and they didn't make the uniforms correctly. How many how many times have you seen a power lifter much the same way? Yeah. yeah. You Absolutely. you think that, oh man, this guy's not out of shape until all of a sudden when he wears a tighter t shirt or mm -hmm. no shirt or whatever, and you begin to realize that no, that's like solid right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so you're you're making good points. So the army has gone through all military branches, but certainly the army because they continue to try to reinvent uniforms reinvent physical training tests everything else there i think in some cases they're trying to as you mentioned generalize and put everybody in the same bucket we went to berets because we like berets they were nice looking they look great on our airborne special forces and ranger soldiers let's get, give everybody a beret because in that way we'll all look good right shout out shinseki <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i get it at times but then i think um at other times, we've got to think about the evolution of why we also changed it is because we had overweight, obese people that we needed to adjust the physical training test. In 1975, the reason why it changed um, was uh, because the Women Air Corps and, you know, women's, um, you know, um, the, the women uh, were joining the military and being a part of it mm -hmm. in a larger uh, force. They wanted to open up more MOSs to... Um, more of the non-combat arms into yeah. uh, the women. And there weren't as many that were available to them. So they made all these adjustments. Well, when they did that, now all of a sudden they had to adjust the standards. So what I've heard and what everybody talks about is that's the very reason why we're doing this once again is because a lot of women were not able to keep up with those same standards that were originally laid out. So, Which is, which is funny that you say that. And this is um, not a knock no, no, on no, no, women, no, no, no. by the way. This and this is, is, this is a thousand percent head that that's right they're like the women can't do the the knee tuck and whatever that thing is yes also however comma there's a lot of men that couldn't get no, their absolutely. knees up and touch their yeah, elbows absolutely but and we found it really i don't know what the word is for that sad that they lumped it under you know oh the women are having a hard time there was a lot of spoon-chested men that were like thank goodness women thank you for that because mm -hmm. i couldn't touch my knees and my elbows either because yeah. it incorporated upper body strength that a lot of people just don't possess. Yep. Right. Well, we want to, we want to, we want to stereotype or we want to generalize yeah. and stuff and that's not good either. 
But I think you're making valid points. How do you fix it then, I guess, is the question. So My suggestion would be PT standards at the branch level. Armor Branch has their own PT standard. <laughs> or their own PT test. Yeah. As, as you know, set forth by the commander of the armor, the branch chief, or I don't, I don't know, whatever. They, yeah, I guess, who, I guess who would designate the, that? I guess, I guess the schoolhouse would probably yeah. do that, right? Schoolhouse well, would come up yeah, with. Yeah, infantry school. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Infantry branch, armor branch. So basically everything for maneuver would come out of MCO, essentially. Yeah. But it would, it would be a standard. And then. What about support or enablers? That's the you, challenge, They'd have right? to manage it at their level. Wow. Well, I mean, so you're in my unit. I'm a commander, mm-hmm. and I've got everything from HHC, and I'm a battalion commander, let's say, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, I've got HHC. I've got line units. I've got so many different variables of MOSs here. How do we then structure that on any given you, day? You already have test? somebody at the battalion level, a master fitness trainer. You're supposed to. And he needs to be, or he or she needs to be just as relevant as your Mike Golf, just as relevant as your Aaron CO, just as relevant as your Jump Masters. It, it, if it's, it is, it's the most important training you do every day because you do it every day. So there should be a subject matter expert in place, just like there were Mike Golfs all over three one cab. You couldn't walk without tripping over Mike Golf. But you know what, our gunneries are, they're balling. Baller. Yeah, and you know what, PT would be balling too if all those Mike Golfs were also master fitness trainers. Yeah. And they're, they're there to handle, oh, you're a 25-whatever. Okay, let me look at my standard here because I'm a master fitness trainer, not just for my branch or my MOS, but for across the Army. So I know the standards for each branch. Yeah. This, is, it, a, this is a struggle, though, because I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is kind fine. of a struggle, too, that we do this in all elements of society here, just mm-hmm. so we're all clear. I mean, yeah, we, in schools, we teach to what standard to take a test mm-hmm. at the end of the school year. Yep. Um, to measure whether or not someone's proficient. So what is it we're wanting to test against maybe is what's more important. And then what is the, what are the, uh, what are the things that go into that to ensure success? So historically speaking, right, you talked about creating height and weight standards and physical Mm -hmm. fitness based off of the, the, you know, Vietnam war taught us a lot. It really did about discipline, standards, discipline, education, institutional learning, height, weight, all that stuff. A lot of what we're doing right now is residual of the negative things that came out of Vietnam. I get it, right? All volunteer for yeah, yeah. 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 So, everything. Yeah. So let's, I mean, you look at the obesity epidemic that started in the United States back in the 70s and 80s, late 70s, beginning of 80s. Um, unsubstantiated but highly talked about is, is that, you know, we just talked about like sugar, right? Mm-hmm. We went into this low-fat diet in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, and, Companies are like, hey, low fat. Well, you take out all the animal fat, you take out the flavor. So what do companies do? They put on all this sugar. They put in the sugar, and all of a sudden, people are getting obese again. So, diabetes. Right, diabetes yep. and all these. So now we're, we're fighting this bigger animal. So it's you know this, this wellness and sickness continuum. And I, I stole that from somebody. But you understand where I'm at is we need to build something that keeps people into this wellness area and not sickness. So how do you do that? I think education is part of that. And the education has to be proper education. Mm -hmm. I don't mean Sergeant Jarvis at 26 years old that went through a level one CrossFit course and then maybe two nutritional classes that out there, you know, preaching to everybody with all my snake oil, thinking I know everything. It's got to be people with substantiated knowledge that can teach folks how to eat properly, how to rest properly, how to sleep properly. And then through education, 
Now we can implement a physical fitness regimen. I don't think it needs to be the branches. I do think it needs to be based off of your combat arms, yeah. combat service and support. And right? that, that's why I put yeah. it that way at the branch level. Yeah. Because the branch is going to name the standard for their school. We saw that at ARC when, yep. when shout out Jake Stockdale, yeah. when he was there, it was the Ranger standard to get into ARC. Yeah. Because he knew that standard was higher than the current APFT standard at the time. So he's like, I want guys coming out of this school that I'm in charge of to be up to the standard. Yep. And this is the standard that I know, so this is the standard. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, it's, whether you're slinging a 120 millimeter uh, round or you're throwing a toe on your back or whatever, I mean, there's weight, there's mm -hmm. different yeah. ways that your body is going to have to adjust to that. And so I, I, I could see that. Yeah. We were doing physical fitness training. I'm sorry, I'm cutting everybody off. No, I'm just super like mm -hmm. pumped about this stuff, right? We were doing physical fitness training. When I say we, as a private coming in the late 90s, early 2000s, we would do physical fitness that mirrored success for an APFT. Yeah. Hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, tell me if this sounds familiar, we're going to do a run. Monday is going to be a long run. Wednesday is going to be 6120s. And then Friday is going to be a super long run. It's probably going to be a company run. Don't know what we got out of it, but that's what it was. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, what do we call it? Muscular strength and endurance. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, every APFT plan that I saw had MSE. If people were lazy, they had to turn in a PT plan, I would see MSE for 60 minutes. Well, what does that mean, right? We were training for a PT test. And if you look at the PT test and you look at the muscles that are being trained, that's not preparing anybody for any sort of combat. No. What it does is it draws a line between people who know how to run well, people that know how to do push-ups really well mm -hmm. in their own mind, yeah. and people who can do a lot of sit-ups. <laughs> in their own mind. And then so when you have that select group of people that walk around like, oh, I always max my APFT, that's cool, dog. Why don't you come over here and squat this 325 pounds yeah. and watch you crumble underneath this weight? Why is that relevant? Well, all the show-me muscles are sexy, but they're not the ones that make things happen, right? Yeah. It's all the stuff that's back here with the pulls and the compound movements yeah. that we're trying to get to now is what gets people going to do anything. Sprint, drag, carry. Mm -hmm. Pushing people up. I mean, how many times, Kyle, have you had to, with strength, push something on an every Just push something. Just ugh. A no, door? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, against a hard wind at TJ Maxx? I, I get you a better one. <laughs> Why are we doing it in pajamas? Yeah. No, I get it. Why are we doing it in pajamas? Oh, you want to go back to the combat boots and... Uh, yeah, like BD? my father. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm, I'm, there's, there's an outlawed boot right now that feels just like... Nikes. The, it's the Nike boot. The SBF, yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like it's, that thing was ball. That would have been awesome back in the day. Was the jam. Let me tell you how well I would do ruck marches yeah. with my oh. medics. Remember the 12 oh, miles? Yeah. Would, Dude, because the first arms used to go, shout out Dan Pinion. What he would make us want. I mean, you volunteer, but highly recommended. Hey, you got medics doing EFMB? Guess what you need to be at, first aren't? Why don't you go do that ruck march with them? Yeah. Hey, they're doing air assault ruck march? Hey, first aren't, where, where are you at? Let's go to that ruck march with them. Those Nike SPF saved my life. Yeah. But so we train for success. So instead of focusing on the PFT, the physical fitness test, and we put so much emphasis on that because that determines your eligibility for promotion, institutional learning yeah. and promotions, even at the Sarnes Major Academy, 
the APFT is what sets you apart from everybody else, not academics. If you were good with the APFT, That's so but you were licking windows, it's, you were still above the person. You're a good leader if you run faster than everybody. Well, that used to be the whole thing. That if is, you can run nah. and long Somebody distances. will have to prove me that the Army is not like that. Late 60s, Class 67, Sergeant's Major Academy. If you had a good PT score and you had, you know, mediocre grades, you would be above the OML of anybody that had a bad PT score, but there was just rock star academically, right? Because you had to be deployable. You got to be physically fit, set the standard. I, and I get all that. That's cool in the gang. I love that. But I know some strong people that shouldn't be leading anything. Yeah. That's yeah. I think we we could all. Yeah, I mean yeah, we yeah. I mean we've seen it because yeah. we've yeah. kicked that can down the road. Anyway, as I digress. Yeah. So, in my mind, get a physical fitness test to make sure everybody's meeting a baseline standard. We're not looking to excel. I want to make sure that you can do these certain things, like firefighters, right? They'll have a competition, but there's a baseline that mm -hmm. they have to do. Hey, run this hose up. Seven flights of stairs. Make sure you do that. Drag this body. Do this. And you need to do it in this amount of time. And if you do it, then you get the gold star of you're not fired. Yeah. Right? So we, we set a baseline for that. Now, branches can do physical fitness competition all day long. Yep. We can build a physical fitness competition for every NCOES, every level. Whatever they want to do. Each branch for their NCOES can do whatever they want to do. And that's how they build their OML. And guys and gals can train for that. Well, but at the Army level, you have to meet this baseline standard. And, and it's it. not a get into the extended scale. It's you met the standard, get up, yeah, the get out, line. move out. We have We've stuff got to do more today. important stuff yeah. to do, yeah. right? I'm in all in favor of that. But when we were texting back and forth and uh, talking about more about this episode, you know, when I thought back about wearing the combat boots, there were a, there were a lot of benefits to wearing what I'm going to wear when I'm in combat. It's being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And shout and out to opinion. Yeah. If you're not <laughs> training that way, so so if it means that, yeah, but the boots are terrible. Well, then fix the boots. Fix the boots. If the uniforms Love are it. terrible, well, then fix the uniform. I'm getting it. hot spots. Well, maybe you shouldn't wear those boots to do the run today. Yeah. Why are you wearing white ankle socks with the boots? Yeah, exactly. Sergeant. Yeah. What, why is it right? Yeah, like your, your point. Why are we wearing sweats or pajamas? Why are we wearing shorts? Why are we wearing attire and things that we're not going to wear? We're going to be humping with 40 pounds on our back with boots, with full uniform mm -hmm. kit, everything. We should be training that way when we when we take these tests, not just Concur. when we take the physical uh, nothing tests. drives me crazier than seeing someone on post in combat boots and pts with a ruck on rucking like what are you doing like what, what's yeah, going on no I'm i get i get it it's cool and it feels better than doing it the actual right way but stop i want to make sure i didn't i'm, I'm thinking back to my mental role decks if i did that oh I've, i can't I've remember done it before yeah. i've been that guy like, no i mean we've had senior leaders that they were like no that's not going to be a thing just like i've had I won't even say his name, but I love him to death. The the lanyard for the pistol. Mm. He's like, why why do you have that? Yeah, well, it's true. Why do you have take that lanyard off? If you can't positively secure your weapon, control your weapon, you then then you don't need to be yeah. wearing it. Yeah, here's, here's your wood gun. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah. Bless yeah. it, right? So there are people out there that that 
Tons of common sense. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, what we're all saying here, at least, and I think probably many people that are watching or listening to this are going to agree with, is that if you're going to set some time, I like the baseline standard, mm-hmm. and, and then create that baseline, and then above that, it should be maybe tailored to what you're going to experience in combat per your MOS. Yeah. Now, granted, we could also go down the path that some people that are in transportation, administration, or whatever, there's no thing of like there's a line of combat. So there has to be a standard that's high enough that ensures in training that's ongoing and PT tests that are in a format so that anybody is prepared for combat. You're not always going to be in the rear, even though you're admin. You're not always going to be in the rear, even though you're everybody's a soldier, right? That's right. Marines. Everybody's a rifleman. Everybody's an infantryman. I I, I don't disagree with that. That's why I say you have a minimal physical fitness Mm -hmm. evaluation for everybody. Back and in the day, that's what it was. I, I didn't even realize that back in the day. There wasn't a score. It was a, kind of a pass, pass or fail. Or fail. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you need to do this to remain in the Army. Yep. Now, what you do for the next one determines what you can do in the Army. Yep. I think that's... I, you know, hey, I, I want to reclass. All right, cool. Armor Branch has a qualifying physical training evaluation for anybody that wants to be Armor. and involves anything from carrying sable rounds... You know, loading it into a higher platform in a certain amount of time. Soft blah, blah, units right? have this already. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and that's, it, yeah. Oh. Soft <laughs> units also have the support of a dietitian, of oh. exercise scientist, of kinesiologist, and just a bunch of whiz bangs up there just thinking about stuff to make them better, too. But, but Sean, it's, it's about the money. That's why not everybody can do it. I would argue that we waste more money on reacting to all the things that are detrimental to our current systems. People getting injured because we're not educating them right. We've got younger people trying to teach people how to do physical training and they're Mm -hmm. not doing it correctly. I mean, look at combatives. Combatives, you got some solid people now, but there was a time, me included, where everybody thought they were BJ Penn. Yeah. They were out there trying to throw an arm bar on everybody and their mother, right? So proper education. I mean, the analogy is, is you, know, you go to school to learn all these different things. You can walk out with an undergrad, but you don't know how to manage a credit card when you become an adult, right? You don't know anything about home loans and mortgages, and, but man, you got an education. Yeah. Well, we're doing the same thing is like we're yeah. preaching all these high level things, but we're not teaching it at the base level. So let's, let's base level physical fitness evaluation. What does that look like? I think it needs to be a push. I think it needs to be a pull, and I think it needs to be a compound movement, and then we do something that's anaerobic. We're going to do the beep test, right? And you got to hit whatever the number is, yeah. but and it's going to suck. <laughs> but guess what? It takes a little space. Maybe you're doing air squats till you die, mm-hmm. and then you're doing a beep test, and everybody can do that anywhere, even on a compound, if you're really yeah. that much of a Absol- jerk and want to do a physical training event. But that's the base level. All right, we checked everybody. Good. If you didn't make it, then we can move on from there. Special pops. You, whatever it is. But then we need to educate people with the right folks. Why Why is it the SOF gets all the cool stuff, right? That's what everybody says. They get the cool gear. They get the cool people. They get the outside influences. Why can't we afford that for everybody? 
I mean, there there is no reason. It, you don't have to do it in the sense of all the uniform, all the cool guy stuff and everything. There's a point at which you could uh, draw that line and do it a lot leaner. I think we all three, having been out, have seen it in the private sector of how you can lean out a process or lean out opportunities in order to focus on what matters most. And so you apply those same dollars in a different way. Yeah. And you can get more out of it because now you're aligning it to the strategy, to the mission, to the objectives. You know, what a thought. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing in the Army? I, I mean, I think we do a really good job in the military of aligning people to the strategy and making sure our goals and objectives are understood and preaching that all the way down to the lowest level and everything. But I feel like um, you're making a fair point. You know, that if we feel that there is that separation, and there should be, rightfully so, there yeah. are some things that need to be very separate in terms of going into a soft unit from mm -hmm. a line unit. But a line unit should still have the proper physical fitness and nutrition capabilities and uniforms to make them function in their MOS at the highest level. Yes. That doesn't mean it's special. It no. just means that that's the standard. Or it's special because you're in the United States Army. And we're supposed to be the premier fighting force on the planet. Yeah. So uh, why don't but we even add? within our own own organization called the United States Army, there's this large delineation between what it's this rite of passage. Hey, if you go and you do this, then these are the things that are afforded to you. And you get to do all this stuff, all this good training. And it, I think there needs to be right an assessment to get you to a place. But I don't think that the prize should be a dollar amount of training or a dollar amount of knowledge, right? right? I think we agree there. The, the, mm -hmm. the prize is the training that you're getting and blah, blah, blah. Because you can give people all the cool guy uniform. Look, I, I've got a lot of friends that have that have done tier one, tier two type stuff. And even when you give them all the cool guy stuff, they still wear some of the basics mm -hmm. because it's just more convenient and it's better. But then you got 19 Delta Sean that is a geardo that wants to wear everything that they're wearing when they're not even wearing it all, right? I, I think think our priorities are a little bit skewed, and we just go back to the basics. And the basics are, what you say? Shoot, move, communicate, medicate. We hit those fundamentals, and we get proficient at those fundamentals, then we can start getting sexy with everything else. The fundamental. Be physically fit. What does that mean? What does it look like? It's not points-based. It's repetition, time-based. It needs to look like this. Nutrition. Yeah. Proper diet. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, there, there's mental, physical, all of that wrapped up into one. So you have to go deeper. It's not just looking at modifying the regulation and a few guys or a few people coming together and trying to figure out how can we change it and what they think it might. We need a bigger approach to this whole thing as I think what we're all describing here. It's funny. We were going to go to what do we think it ought to be? And we just kind of wove we that all in. We, we, I think we're more aligned than we are separate yeah, on absolutely. what we were. Um, we didn't even talk about this prior uh, to what we think it should be, but it's a holistic approach yeah. that really takes everything into consideration and makes sure that we're building the best fighting force that anybody on the other side has ever come across yeah and it's getting back to those basics and understanding what that means in whatever combat situation we may find ourselves which may mean that special operations has different um capabilities and different mission sets that require additional funding to support but there's still that baseline there's there may be an assessment that's separate to get them in but there's still a baseline 
everybody has a level that maybe levels up a bit. And I realize that what I'm saying may mean that you have to modify the force and you may not be able to maintain or retain everybody there, which means it gets a little scary and I don't want to do a whole nother podcast on this. But if there's a limited number, there's no longer farm families that are raising 10 kids out there. Nope. We've got maybe one or two at most, unless you're, you know, Kyle, and then you have an army. But for the rest of us, you know, there's uh, in America, generally you have smaller families, which means you have less to bring in um, unless you started implementing the mm-hmm. draft, which is a whole nother thing. And then you go into a current conscript army. Yeah. So we, we've got to start thinking about what we're asking of ourselves in our military, but also make sure we're supplying them and putting them in the best position to win the, the war. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the end game. Yeah. It's, it's most definitely it's, um, man, I, I just I firmly believe that going back to the basics is is where it's at, and I, and I go back to you know, the the Colonel Furtick's and the 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 Major Colonel Humphreys and the you know Major Proctors. I will continue to say their names because those individuals always focused on the basics. No, we're not going to go kick in doors for Sarn because I'm not saying this is what I want to do, but because you're you're a scout. Right, you we we do reconnaissance. There's infantry for that, right? Or why why does everybody want to go to long range marksmanship? The the radio is your weapon. Hey, scout, do you know how to talk on the radio? Do you even know how to load a radio? That's back in the day. What was it? Soi. Mm-hmm. You know when you had to learn those different things and you got to put the. I mean, you've got kids out there that are cab scouts doing reconnaissance that. Don't know how to load a radio, but guess what? Army reconnaissance course, right? Part of, oh, it's it's drilled deep. That's yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But why are we waiting until the Army reconnaissance course to make sure that a certain MOS is proficient in doing what they're supposed to be? Yeah, if I walked up to a current staff sergeant right now and said, "I want you to code uh, a ten-digit grid for me in Black Horse, starting with Lima," nope, no chance. Not, no shot. What we've done is, is when you lower the standard, you create a newer and lower standard. Mm-hmm. And we just become accustomed to that. I think that's what's happened with the APFT. And I think we did this knee-jerk reaction where it was like, okay, not everybody that does push-ups, sit-ups, and runs real well is doing really good physically with all that gear on. So we probably need to change some things up. The opposite, and, too, though, is maybe if we put too much on them, maybe not everybody can do that. So maybe we need to rethink it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's where we keep going back and right. forth. Hey, make it level. Pass this. Every branch do their own thing. I, I just, like, going back to basics, I think, is is where it's where it's at. If you don't know how to shoot, learn how to shoot again. And learn from the right people. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that that are self-proclaimed experts, and by no means are going to get you to where you need to be. In fact, they're probably going to get, you know push you further away. And I I feel like that's our biggest struggle right now as a large organization like the Army is that you've got too many self-proclaimed experts, YouTube, you know, graduates that that just that know everything. Hey, Sar and Ari know. Hey, I need you to put a PT plan together, and they do it based off of what they think they know. All right, that's why you got people on profile. And that's why people can't pass their physical fitness tests because they're all injured and you decide to run 12 miles every other day. 
get back to the basics, establish something above that based on your MOS or whether it's combat arms or non-combat yeah. arms or whatever. Figure out a way to do this in a better way that makes sure that we can win on the battlefield.